Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. A beautiful Wednesday here in Johannesburg once again. And coming to you here live on Chai FM uh, 101.9, on Judaism 101.9. Um, and hopefully we can share again some ideas, some things that are important to know, especially at this time, and I'm not talking about at this time being the period of time that is so strange that we're all going through, but rather the period of time from a Jewish point of view. What do we need to know from a Jewish point of view on Judaism 101.9 today? Well, first of all, let's begin by telling you that sometimes there are dates that are um, big and announced and so on in the Jewish calendar, and one of them is coming up tomorrow. That is the 17th of Tammuz, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But not always do we actually take into account the kind of unsung uh, dates that are significant, whether for good or for bad. And today is just one of those days. If we think about the 16th of Tammuz, well, what was it that actually happened in Jewish history on the 16th of Tammuz? Well, perhaps I'll give you a clue. If we were to go back today, 3,333 years. Now, that sounds very, very, very synchronistic and all that because it's all the threes. So if we to go back 3,333 years ago, Today, what was happening? It was something significant that was happening that would change the course of Jewish history. Perhaps we could say change the course of everyone's lives from that moment onwards. Because the significant thing that happened on the 16th of Tammuz, 3,333 years ago today, was the fact that the Jewish people, unfortunately, Manufactured, they made a golden calf. Yes, it happened on the 16th of Tammuz. Now, it's all very interesting. The Jewish people had calculated that since Moshe Rabbeinu, since Moses had gone up the mountain and was going to return with every detail of the Torah, remember that the Torah was given to us on the 6th of uh, Sivan, and it was on the 7th in the morning, that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moses went up the mountain, he was due to return 40 days later. The Jewish people had calculated it from the day that they said it, that he said it rather than the day that he actually departed, and they were expecting him back today. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, according to their calculations, was supposed to return from his sojourn up the mountain, receiving every detail of the Torah to um, teach the whole Jewish people. He was supposed to return according to their calculations today, but really he was only due back tomorrow. In that time, they felt that they had been deserted. The leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, had gone. Perhaps he had died on the mountain. He wasn't going to return. And they came to Aaron Akoin, they came to Aaron, his brother, and they said, let us make a go-between. Let's develop something that can intercede between ourselves and God. We can't take the full-on godliness that we experienced at the beginning of the Torah giving just 40 days ago. We can't really take it. Our souls were going to um, expire. We were going, they were going to leave us. And therefore, we needed Moshe. We needed Moses. Now, let's think about some of the things that have been images of that go-between, of that ability to have an intercessory between ourselves and the Almighty. And 
one of the things that they had seen in an image was the image of a calf, of a cow, of an animal. And the animals, of course, depicting perhaps the sacrifices, perhaps the idea of um, uh, the animal kingdom being a way for us to access, get through to God and to godliness. And therefore, the development of the golden calf at first to replace Moshe Rabbeinu was actually on this day. And originally, it seems, and of course, it's expounded upon in the Torah, that Aaron Akon, that Aaron said, tomorrow we will have a festival for God. He was still of the view, and they were still thinking that this um, item was going to be used as a way, a means of communication with the Almighty. However, unfortunately, sadly, the next day, many people worshipped the golden calf itself. And so the development of this whole golden calf disconnect um, that actually happened 3,333 years ago today began Today, it began on the 16th of Tammuz, and therefore today goes down in Jewish history as being a day, perhaps we could say, with a little bit of an ambivalence. Things could have gone either way. At first meant to be some way, a means of getting closer to the Almighty, but developing into something that actually sundered us in a big way. It um, committed us to being in the in the desert for a lot longer. It uh, took away a grand and beautiful connection that we were supposed to have between heaven and earth. And it made Moshe Rabbeinu um, on the next day react, or perhaps it was God who reacted in a way whereby the letters of the Ten Commandments flew out. Moshe Rabbeinu could not hold on to the contract that was made between him and God, between us and the Almighty um, up on the mountain on that particular day and the next day. That's tomorrow, the 17th of Tammuz, the first of several calamities that befell the Jewish people over a long period of time. The first great difficulty, the first time that actually there had been this, let's call it a disconnect between ourselves and the Almighty in a real, real fashion, was the breaking of the tablets, the smashing of the Ten Commandment tablets on Mount Sinai by Moshe Rabbeinu, allowing them to fall from his hands or the letters flying out and therefore not being able to support them any longer. The contract that was made between God and us was broken. And perhaps it was done in deference to and in sympathy for the Jewish people because had there been a contract, we would have been um, uh, contracted in to actually, um, God forbid, all perish because of our uh, lack of obedience and our lack of commitment. Um, and Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to really save the Jewish people from being contractually um, obligated by the Torah at that moment. And therefore, the breaking of the Ten Commandments on the 17th of Tammuz, the first of several terrible calamities that befell us on that day. And so tomorrow is the fast of the 17th of Tammuz. Now it begins here in Johannesburg tomorrow morning early, um, around about um, roughly, I guess, quarter to six in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier. Please check your calendars, ask your rabbi and so on. Uh, early tomorrow morning, the beginning of the fast of the 17th of Tammuz, all the way through to 649 
uh, sorry, 5.49, whoops, 5.49 uh, tomorrow evening, um, just before uh, the time that Shabbat would ordinarily end. We um, end the fast tomorrow, but it's a fast day that we all need to keep, unless, of course, there is a health concern, unless, of course, somebody is not well. And then once again, consult with your rabbi. Um, don't make the decision yourself that you're just not fasting. It is incumbent upon us to fast, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back after the break. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and a warm welcome back. Yes, we've been talking about uh, the 16th and the 17th of Tammuz. Of course, the 16th of Tammuz, less significant, less known, but actually played a huge role. But then came the 17th of Tammuz, which is tonight and tomorrow. Yes, tonight and tomorrow we begin the period of time known as Bain HaMetzarim. Between the straits, between the difficulties, between the the restraints, the constraints, that is what this period of time is about, otherwise known as the three weeks. And it's during this three weeks, a period of semi-mourning, that we are thinking about several calamities that befell our people and that befell us over the period of Jewish history. So let's... Fast forward a little bit. We had spoken about 3,333 years ago when the tablets of stone were broken on the 17th of Tammuz. Let's go to 2,443 years ago. What happened then was that it was the time of the Babylonian onslaught at the time of the first temple. And as they were getting ever closer, remember they had breached the walls of Jerusalem already. On the 9th of Tammuz, and so now, a week later, they were already in and amongst um, the uh, Jewish people inside Yerushalayim, and the daily sacrifice offerings, the Korban Tamid, in the Holy Temple was discontinued on this date. It was exactly then, three weeks before, the Babylonians actually set the temple ablaze, destroyed the first temple, and that was, of course, in the year 423 before the Common Era, or, as I said, 2,443 years ago. If we jump forward to 1,951 years ago, so that's, of course, already into the Common Era, um, it, um, less than 2,000 years ago, as we know, was the destruction of the, ta- the time of the destruction of the second temple. And here on the 17th of Tammuz, there were three other national tragedies that occurred on that day. And they are, number one, that the walls of the besieged city of Jerusalem were breached on this day by the Romans. Number two, the Roman general Apostomus burnt a Torah publicly. And number three, he also placed an idol in the Holy Temple. So, if we go through, there were five major calamities that happened over a period of a couple of thousand years to our people. Number one, the breaking of the Ten Commandments, 3,333 years ago. Number two, the breaching of the, uh, sorry, the, sec- the stopping of the sacrifices, the Korban Tamid in the Beit HaMikdash, um, 2,443 years ago, and then 1,951 years ago, three major calamities, the breaking through of the walls of Jerusalem by the Romans, the burning of a Torah in public, and the placing of an idol in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple. Now, all of these terrible, terrible tragedies occurred to our Jewish people 
um, and occurred to us over a lengthy period of time. And as I've mentioned many, many times before, there is a special fascination that Judaism has with the idea of dates that keep on recurring. And the date of the 17th of Tammuz kept on recurring. Look how it did throughout history. So many calamities placed in various, various ways um, throughout Jewish history in various times and various different events that happened. And perhaps, as we'll develop it, we'll see that there was actually a great connection between them all. They all actually speak of the same thing. But before we get there, let's perhaps explore a little bit what it is that the 17th of Tammuz actually heralds for us. What does it mean for us? What do we have to do about it? And what do we do during this period of the three weeks? Or perhaps you might ask, what don't we do? Because a period of mourning, we know, is a little bit restrictive. And what are these restrictions and what are they truly all about? Well, we begin the three weeks, as we said, tomorrow with a fast day. Now, a fast day is not only meant from a Jewish point of view to be a day on which we just refrain from eating and drinking and uh, all the things, the sort of the pleasures that we um, enjoy on a daily basis. But it also is all about, or it really is all about, getting us to a state of mind whereby we can fathom, we can understand that we need to do something. There is a common thread. There was something that the Jewish people did to bring about these disconnects, to bring about these disconnections, these difficulties, these problems. The, the temple wasn't just destroyed in Jerusalem. It was destroyed because of the behavior of the people. The tablets weren't just destroyed or broken by Moshe Rabbeinu. They were destroyed and broken because of the behavior of the people. We had come together in a, um, a partnership with the Almighty. And that partnership was to see to the actual fruition of everything that God wanted originally in the creation of this world, to see that the Torah was practiced, to see that everything was done correctly and properly. And unfortunately, with time and with the influences of the uh, world around us and with the influences perhaps of the world within us, um, our own Yetzer Hara, our own evil inclination, there was a, a moving away from all of these things. And as we abrogated that contract, and as we broke our bonds with the Almighty, so the Almighty sundered some of the bonds that he had between him and us. And this is what brought all of these things about. And therefore, when it comes to a fast day, what we're thinking about and what we're fasting about is not just to conjure up in our own minds the memories of all of these things and say how bad we feel and that this non-eating, staying away from all of the things that we find pleasurable is going to make us feel bad and therefore we will put ourselves into suffering. No, mourning is not really meant to be about suffering, but rather to bring us to a state of mind and awareness of um, what we should be doing, rather to bring about a process known in Judaism as tshuva, to get us to think about what we could better and what we could do to rectify all the ills, not, a, not of the past. Yes, we can't be held responsible and made to rectify everything of the past, but to think about how perhaps we haven't learned our lessons and perhaps we are still involved in the same kinds of uh, negative practices that brought about these destructions in the first place. 
are we doing everything that we possibly can to make sure that the world continues in a better framework, in a better way, and that our relationships with God and with our fellow men are better than they were before. And if we are doing that, we have undoubtedly done something to understand um, what it is that we've got to rectify, what we've got to fix. And hopefully it is through the fasting, through the um, uh, the feeling that fasting brings to us, a little bit of a feeling of emptiness and understanding that uh, we are totally dependent on the Almighty. If uh, the coronavirus and COVID-19 hasn't reminded you of that, well, then I don't know what will, that we are in God's hands, that we can think and we can plan all we like. But ultimately, um, God is the one who controls everything. Here we are. Sitting on a fast day as we will be tomorrow and needing to think about what we can and should be doing to make our world a far, far better place for each and every one of us. And then we've got the message behind what it means to actually fast, to stay away from food and so on and to spend more time involved in contemplating, in thinking about what we can do to make our world a much better place. So what are the things that the 17th of Tammuz actually brings in for each and every one of us? What do we need to do and what do we do during this period of time, this period of mourning? So let's first go through the things that we don't do. Number one is we don't have weddings. Now, the idea of not having weddings during the three weeks and, of course, during this time of lockdown, it's been very, very difficult for people to have weddings already. But during the period of the three weeks, there perhaps is a more religious and more spiritual reason why we don't have weddings at this time. Well, the idea of weddings we usually think about as being the time of absolute simcha. So we're not going to get up and dance and have loud music, etc., etc. at this time. But perhaps there is something more to it than that, and that is that it was a time, a period of time when we know that one of the reasons for the destruction of the Botei Migdash of the temples in Jerusalem was, we're told, because there was no love between people. Now, if you think about it, what is a wedding all about? It's about bringing a couple together. It's about bringing people together. It's about merging families, perhaps, and it's about the idea of building a Little Beit HaMikdash, a little temple. Now, so you would think, well, this is Dafka, the thing that we should do. But you know that all of these things have to be built on a, a, a platform, on a foundation of harmony. And if there's no harmony, if people can't get along on a simple level, well, please don't have weddings. Don't get involved in a family relationship where you're bringing people together in a way that it's very, very difficult for them to extricate themselves from there. And you're forcing people into a situation where there may be um, some uh, fighting, some strife, some difficulty, some wars that will go on because of this. This is something we need to avoid at all costs. And therefore, during this period of time, when there has been this uh, lack of love, where there has been this um, difficulty for people to get along, please don't make weddings. If you're going to be making weddings at this time, unfortunately, the results may be very negative. Engagement parties are permitted, um, albeit without music and dancing and so on, and those are allowed up until Rosh Chodesh Av. But of course, in today's day and age, they would have to all be virtual. So you're talking about Zoom engagement parties. Yes, if you want to get engaged, you may do it at this time, of course, obeying all the restrictions that are necessary um, during the uh, pandemic. 
we're not allowed to play musical instruments or listen to music. So live music is really, really taboo at this time. And unless you do it for a living, unless it's something that you do as a matter of making your money, um, it's your business, we're not allowed to play musical instruments or listen to music. We don't recite the bracha shehechianu, the blessing of thanking God for um, allowing us to reach this occasion is not said during this period of time. And that would be said on wearing new clothing or eating new fruit and so on. So it's uh, we're particular during this period of time not to wear new clothing, not to put on new clothes, and not to eat new fruits that we haven't eaten during this season. We also do not take haircuts or shave during this period of time. There are some Sephardi communities, for instance, who do permit haircuts and shaving up until the week in which Tisha B'Av um, uh, occurs, in other words, until the Shabbos before uh, the fast of Tisha B'Av, but um, the majority of the Ashkenazi community, Hasidic communities and so on, um, certainly do not take haircuts or shave. So if you were looking to uh, look um, prim and proper during the next few weeks, um, you need to take a haircut or shave if you if it's something that you do um, it, during the next couple of hours before it gets dark this evening, um, before nightfall tonight, because then we're already into the three weeks, and during that period of time, no haircuts permitted, even for Shabbos. Shabbos during this period of time is the same as usual. In fact, there are many who say that during this time we should actually go out of our way to be a little more alive, a little bit more lebedic, a little bit more besimcha um, during the Shabbases that occur during the three weeks. But we will certainly talk about that um, when we come back. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome back. Yes, we've been talking about the 17th of Tammuz and the three weeks that it uh, starts, that it begins, starting from tonight, uh, 17th of Tammuz, going through to Tisha B'Av um, three weeks later. But we'll talk more about Tisha B'Av later on um, in uh, the three weeks, as well as some of the other things to do with the three weeks. But let's perhaps, for the last uh, segment of this show, let's just talk about what actually is the... Similarity. What is the connection between the various things that happened on the 17th of Tammuz? The idea of, and let's perhaps focus primarily on the two major ones, the idea of the fact that the tablets were broken um, by Moshe 3,333 years ago, and the idea of the fact that um, the walls of Jerusalem were breached and that led directly to the destruction of the second temple. Although many things happened, in the, as we mentioned, in the time of the first temple as well, the destruction of the second Beit HaMikdash, the second temple, which has left us in Golis, which has left us in diaspora um, from those events 1951 years ago. What is the connection between them? Well, let's think about it in broad terms. The idea of the Ten Commandments, the idea of the Torah that was given to us, and the idea of the Beit HaMikdash of the Temple, really, I think, was to try and bring heaven closer to earth. Um, up until Mount Sinai, heaven and earth had been two very, very different um, spheres. They'd been very, very different realms, different worlds. They were worlds apart. The idea of the Torah the idea of the Beit HaMikdash, of the temple, was to bring about a certain harmony 
between ourselves and God, to bring about this working together, this unison, this um, contractual arrangement of connection that made us close to the Almighty, that made us close to God, and saw to it that we were working in unison, that we were working together with God in every possible way to fix the world, to make the world better, to bring godliness into the world, to bring Torah and its messages into the world. That was the Torah. That was the Beit HaMikdash. That was the temple. Unfortunately, as things became disrupted and as we uh, played the role of being the major disruptor, God saw fit or it was seen fit to take away that harmony. That harmony now was broken. That harmony now was pulled asunder. And we were separated from the Almighty and God was separated in a way from us. And this is what happened at Mount Sinai and this is what happened in, Jer- in Yerushalayim. This is what happened with the 17th of Tammuz. There was this um, being torn apart, this idea of a ripping apart which actually left us disharmonious. It left us with a lack of harmony. It left us with a feeling of unease, a, a lack of <coughs> true, proper, thorough, deep connection with the Almighty, with God, and God with us. And so we're talking about a date, 17th of Tammuz, tomorrow, of a certain disharmony. Of a certain disconnect, of a, uh, a, a, a an inability to actually function in the way that we are supposed to, and so therefore, perhaps these three weeks need to be dedicated to fixing that. Because surely, if there's this disharmony, there is something that we've got to do to fix it. We've got to behave in a way whereby we rectify, we bring about that harmony once again. And there are two beautiful ways that we can do it. Number one is to see to it that we are more involved in our Torah learning, to see to it that we're more involved in the Torah that God gave us in observance of our mitzvot and so on. And number two, to see to it that we are better to our fellow men, that we do acts of goodness and kindness, deeds of goodness between people, that we bring about much more harmony in the world. Because undoubtedly, as we said about establishing that harmony between ourselves and the Almighty and between ourselves and our fellow men, we will be ensuring that God will return the Torah to us in its thorough, complete, fulfilled way, whereby we can keep all the mitzvot as we are meant to be doing with the rebuilding of the temple. Please, God, very, very speedily in our time. And we'll be back with you to sum up right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Not to find fault, but should it not be um, COVID-19 and its effect on you and me rather than on you and I. But anyway, let's uh, sum up what we have been talking about here, our uh, need to bring more harmony to the world. Well, we're told that as we learn the Torah, so we bring more harmony. And as we find out more about the Beit HaMikdash, about the temple and everything that it went with and that went with it and that it meant and represented, so not only will we pine for it more, will we need it more, will we want it more, but we'll also bring about a, a promise that was made to our sages of old, to our prophets of old, that Hashem told us that if we will study it, if we'll think about it, if we'll know about it, if we'll yearn for it, 
we will certainly see its return and it will be deemed as though it has been rebuilt. But how else can we do that? Well, if we take away the things that brought about the destructions in the first place, if we do not engage in any form of idol worship and you're going to say, well, I'm not an idol worshiper, but a worship of money, a worship of self, a worship of people perhaps who have the wrong values from a spiritual point of view and um, perhaps just the concept of worshipping people per se, if we stay away from that. And we dedicate ourselves to being much more in tune with the needs, the requests, the requirements of all those around us. If we share our love for uh, mankind and our love for God and our love for uh, his Torah with all those around us, that will undoubtedly go a tremendous, tremendous way to bringing about a new Harmony in the world. Let's bring about that harmony between ourselves. Let's bring about that harmony starting perhaps within your own relationships, within your own family and spread it. Let's make sure that there are harmonious and beautiful relationships that are built all around and that we extend that outwards and that we're kind to each other. And as we do that, undoubtedly we will bring about a great and wondrous harmony that will exist once again between the Almighty and us, between God and His people, between God and the entire world. And please, God, very, very soon we will see the reversal of all those calamities and all those terrible things that happened in the past. We will see what they actually meant and what they were actually all about. And if it wasn't for anything else other than to teach us that we ourselves need to do something about it. And the time is now. It starts from now. The 16th of Tammuz, significantly the date on which the golden calf was originally made, the day on which we thought that God had let us down. He certainly hasn't. And he's been there for us through thick and through thin. Let's make sure that we spend these next three weeks and please God, they will be turned around into days of joy and happiness and we won't need to fast at all because Mashiach will have come. But let's make sure that if we have to keep to these three weeks this year, that we'll do it in a way whereby it's not just about the sadness, the mourning and the feeling bad and sorry for ourselves, but rather it's about doing something about it. Acts of goodness or kindness, acts of learning more about our Holy Torah and what we can do to do to, to keep it and acts of bringing about much more harmony in this beautiful, wonderful world. Please take care of yourselves. Uh, have a wonderful rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead. And I look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.